Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And we have another listener submission from Superfan Jack. Surprise! And he has brought us beers from the South. Yep. Um, he has brought us three wonderful beers from Jester King Brewery in Austin, Texas, mm. which I have heard. I've never had anything from them, but I have heard you many, have. many great things. You well, have. I have. We were at my house, we had funk metal, and it was probably not a great bottle. Okay. I don't remember yeah. that one. No, good thing but, you don't. <laughs> but I it, know it that... It's not particularly good. I know that uh, Jester King is one of those brands that uh, collectors and traders are always in search of. They, this is always the one. I want this one. I want that one. Yeah, I mean, the main reason for it is that they do a lot of open and spontaneous fermentation. And in right. addition to, you know, just sours in general, I mean, they do a lot of other things as well. But that's what they're – the big ticket items are, are they're, you know, barrel-aged and blended. And, you know, they're they're probably one of the closest things we have to a Belgian brewery right. in the States. I mean, there are others, I'm sure, that are similar. But this one is uh, – they are, you know, right up there with, yeah. with what we were ha- – some of the stuff we were having when, um, when we had Brian on the, uh, yeah. the two-year podcast. Which, this is the first time that we're sitting back down at this table to record again, and I saw a couple of the tags from a few of the beers, and I was like, oh, that one was really good. Oh, that one was really good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good <laughs> Which tag. is basically what we said about, which was all of them. It was, oh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. They, they, and the cool, the cool thing about these types of beers is they're all good for entirely different reasons. I mean, they could be, and the other thing is you could have three bottles of them, and there's going to be variation between them based on how, you know, much of what was blended together. It's pretty, pretty incredible. But as far as overall background on Jester King, it was started in uh, 2010 by Jeff Stuffings and Michael Steffing. Steffing and Stuffings? Stuffings, yes. That would have been an interesting brewing name. Yeah, Stuffings. Stuffings and Steffing. Yeah. Sounds like a law office. You know, it sounds like the jo- the uh, the old joke of, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick and, Pat- uh, you know, Fitz Wallace and Fitzpatrick or whatever it is, you know, the making fun of the gay Irish. Yeah. You know the joke I'm trying to fucking pull out. I yes, remember. I do. Um, hopefully our listeners do yeah, as well. Listen. No? No. What is it? It's a. Uh, it's supposed to be like Michael Fitzpatrick and Patrick Michael or something like that. That kind of a joke that they fit into each other. Uh, okay. I can't remember. <laughs> it's not a good joke, <laughs> but I remember. It. I like that because Mark's attempting to just get past it, but he can't do it without just being like, "Nope, still don't understand." <laughs> Hold on, let me explain yeah, it again. Yeah, maybe yeah, it'll, maybe it'll yeah. work this if time. If he explains it again, maybe it'll work. It sure won't. <laughs> no. All right. So in 2011, I found I didn't know this. Jester King won a lawsuit against the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission, so that he, they could sell beer that was higher than four percent. They weren't really? apparently you weren't allowed to classify that as beer in Texas until then, or something along those lines. It was a very small thing. I little thing I found that I didn't look into any further. I did not click the uh, annotation. There you go. Probably four um, percent alcohol by weight, right? I uh, did not. The the article I read did not specify. Probably by weight. Yeah. So by volume, it's you know six, five, yeah, yeah. five and a half. Because um, of course, buds got to fit into that. Oh right, exactly. And they're not going to Texas, of course. Yeah, they're not going to make them make them brew a separate one for the state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, in January 2016, Jester King purchased. Oh, I'm sorry, they are actually they're on a 200 acre farm. Right. So small spot. Yeah. In twenty sixteen they expanded that and decided they were gonna purchase fifty eight additional acres. Yeah, and then they like hired a farmer to work the land for them or something like that. Well yeah, so they at the time they were planning right. on they were making the brewery a little bigger, but in addition they were adding a winery, a distillery, a re- uh, farm to table restaurant as well. 
So I don't know. I, I actually believe all those things are there from what I saw on the website. Yeah, um, I, re- I remember listening to uh, an episode of the Sour Hour podcast, and he was talking with somebody from there. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just hired the, you know a farmer. His name's like Eddie or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Eddie. <laughs> yeah, my introduction to, to Jester King was the that funk metal I bought in Philadelphia at, at a bottle shop and then brought back. And I can't tell you what was going on, but it wasn't, it wasn't overly tasty. But it, it had to have been off-bottle or something because everyone raves about these beers. I'm very, very excited to try them. Yeah. Uh, what do we have? We have uh, V and Rose, which is a, uh, a farmhouse ale with raspberries. The... Sin Frontera, which is a collaboration with uh, Trois Dimes and uh, Crooked Stave. And then uh, the last one is, what is it? It's, it's a barrel-aged sour fermented with, with peaches. peaches. Does it have yeah. a name on it? Some Chinese characters. Yeah, it's got Probably some says your mom. Chinese or Japanese characters. Yeah, I don't I'm pretty really sure know. it's Japanese. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hobble out any of those languages, <laughs> so I can't tell you. How very American of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's from Texas. A very good point. Actually, yeah, they probably weren't even allowed to sell that in that state. Yeah. Um, so which one do you guys want to start with? I, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? My my vote would be the, the peach one because I kind of want to get it out of the way because I'm thinking if it tastes like peaches, I'm not going to like it. Okay. Peaches it is. I don't, think there's, I don't think there's a right right or wrong way to drink these. They're all... Uh... Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're all going to be pretty strong character beers anyway the yeah. peach might be the lightest one so probably going first might be the best idea to uh so it doesn't get swamped out with the other flavors sure my plan is to try to swamp it out with the other flavors based on the fact that it's peach we'll see i mean peach isn't really an intense flavor i don't understand how you i had a, how you feel like it they, needs to be swamped they, out oh, usually it's hard yesterday to get. So you had a bad experience <laughs> thank you glenn what happened did you soak the gummy peaches in a vodka and try to drink the whole thing no so yes uh this is the day after the long island beer malt enthusiast steinbrew and i believe that uh the uh the whizzes as frank is uh, taken to calling wizard and his family the whizzes yeah the whizzes, yeah um i believe that they brought a samuel adams sour peach beer but it was made with a peated whiskey malt or something oh god yeah it was it was as bad as it sounds that sounds a little crazy oh my god the peated part was the worst part but the fact that it was peated and then it had like a finish with this little peach aftertaste i i was looking over at the fire and wondering if i could stuff one of the belgian blocks in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) burn my tongue out oh let's see here the the, uh wow that's really fuck what is this there's no name at all. No, there, there's no name in English that we can discern. All right. So the back of this, it's, it was, it's, oh, bl- this is a blend, obviously. Like I said before, they blend everything. Blend. But this is blend five specifically of this particular one. It's la- it's labeled in the back. I don't know what that means. July 2018. So it's pretty new. Peaches from Stonewall, Texas were added to mature barrel-aged sour beer and re-fermented to dryness. Unfiltered, unpasteurized, and 100% naturally conditioned, otherwise known as dregs for the, dregs for the, uh... <laughs> For the uh, um, pellicle thing. Feed the beast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he smelled it. He's not sure. <laughs> no, is peaches one of the things that you're not into either, Mark? Peaches are okay, but like it's just, uh, there's like, and it's kind of peachy. There's like a weird lingering aftertaste Yeah, the, I, from I, this. I was going to, I was, I took the words out of my mouth. I took a smell. It does taste, you know, taste, smells faintly like peaches. Um, I get a little bit of malt sweetness in there, too. Um, definitely a little funk, but, uh, it's smell the smell. I'm like, if this smells like it tastes, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's a little bit of, um, it's, 
it's it's pretty light. It is it yeah. does come out nice and dry. I like that. Well, they, yeah, they definitely um, definitely you know dry it out a lot. I really like it. It, fin- it does finish very dry. There's just like a flavor and uh, palate sensation that lingers after the sip, and that it tastes almost like really um, enjoyable to me. To me, that that kind of I understand the sensation that you're talking about. Um, I don't. It's almost like when you get unripe sour fruit. Like it, it tastes almost like an unripe fruit, kind yeah. Of, kind of sourness that to makes it. Sense. That's that's not really the. It's not a pleasing sour. It's the hey, this isn't quite ready yet. Um, I know you guys were all worried before that it would be skunked, and I don't think it's skunked. I mean, no. I know the, the, the green, green bottle, bottle got you yeah. guys got you guys a little spooked, but I don't think it's anything well, like that. I mean, and that goes back to me listening to interviews with Justin King on other podcasts, and they they talk about it like, oh yeah, like they're. They're of the mindset that the Belgians use green glass bottles because the Belgians take into the, the take the skunkiness into account in the flavor profile of the beer they make, and other people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I I mean I guess that's a possibility, but I don't really know why. I don't think you would really do that. It doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. No, I don't. I mean I don't know. I I can't. They would definitely know better than me. I would I would bet against them personally but i wouldn't be surprised if they were right because i don't know shit um the uh i don't i don't hate it it's, i definitely don't hate it it's not awful it's very uh white wine because especially yeah. the dryness um before the the kind of peach finish i would have bet money that it was highly car- fairly highly carbonated white wine yeah um yeah i, th- I think uh this be a great summertime drinker um it tastes almost like peach sangria yeah, that's you know, a fair point. Peach or you know, peach or apricot sangria kind of thing. Like, I think uh, with some you know cold fruit, you could pass it off as sangria too. <laughs> but I like it. I Mark's just like looking at his glass and just keeps shaking his head. Like it's like fucking freaky. I, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, it is not pleasing to me. Well, I'll kick off the ratings on this one, and um, I'm going to give it a pint. I actually. Um, Teetered, teetered a little towards bomber, so I like I like a little more than a glass. I mm-hmm. probably might, given the opportunity, I might have two. Probably not in a row. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go pint on it. Um, not uh, as bad as I anticipated. For me, it would be a bomber. I think um I think two glasses of this is, is spot on. I really enjoy it. I'm actually gonna go back and pour a little bit more in there. I know you guys are not gonna fight me on this one. Yeah. No, go, go get it. Um, but I think I think it's I think the dryness is nice. I like the little bit of sweetness, and I think it's a, and this is the the first beer I've had in a while, and the, the first drink of the day for me, and I think it's a really good one to to start the day with, or start you know at least start a session with. Yeah, like kind of kind of get you prep it, it uh, preps the palate a little bit. I'm glad we did this one first too, because I I mean I would imagine this is probably of them of them definitely going to be far more delicate than the other ones. Yeah, I mean yeah. I'll, I'll give it the pint, but it's gonna. <laughs> It can take me a long time. It's going to be a marathon. To, it's going to be a defense, marathon yeah. pipe, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> like, like, like convincing yourself. Because you, know you know it's not shitty. Like, it's definitely not bad. It's just definitely not your jam. No, exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, like I ordered it because it seemed good on the menu. But, like, all right, I'll finish it and then it, I'm getting something It's else. the last one left on the paddle. <laughs> when, they, when they bring out the little taster. Yeah. Yeah, and... For Mark, I could see it being. Hey, there's even some left on there. Like, yeah, yeah, you can send it back. That's but cool. to be to be fair, as far as the dregs go, I don't think that the uh, the yeast has anything to do with you not liking that. 
Like, I mean, I'm not trying to, to to make. We have plenty of shit in there. We don't need to add more. But it's um. I, I think that I I would imagine that these that this isn't getting much of the much the funk part. I liked the peach part. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, at the, this point too, though, like there's so much going on in that thing. Yeah, I like at this point, I don't know that the addition of any other sour beer dregs to it is really. No, going to, to have a drastic effect. No, it's gonna. It's it's currently its own thing. Its name is. Timmy I mean, now. yeah. I mean, there's Jolly Pumpkin shit in there, and from what I understand, the Jolly Pumpkin stuff is, you know, pretty potent. Well, yeah, I'll be bringing a, a 2013 Jolly Pumpkin to uh, to New Year's because um, my wife is never going to drink it, so I'll make her drink a little there, and we'll there enjoy the rest of it. And you know, I'll, I'll I'll send you home with the dregs from that. You can. Add that to that monstrosity. Did you just pour it in her mouth when she's taking a nap on the couch? If it wasn't a forty-five dollar bottle of beer, I would. <laughs> like if she if she had, if she had randomly bought a six pack of the uh, the Duncan <laughs> the, the harpoon Duncan beer and then didn't drink that, that I would do it with that. But Wait, not, how uh, much does that thing cost? It's like no, well, that's not forty-five dollars. Oh. A six pack though was like I think seventeen bucks for no, that shit. No, it was no? on sale. Though when I first saw it, it was on sale for like you know like twelve dollars or something. Really? Okay. Maybe Dave just fucked. I don't know. It's crazy. I could have sworn it to Dave. Well, that was, in a su- that was in supermarket. Also. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, my prices that I see most of the time are usually supermarket prices because right. I just I don't have time to go run to the bottle shop and I spend yeah. way, way too much time in supermarkets. <laughs> you might as well get something out of it. But yeah, yeah. now that makes more sense. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. That's not that's not terrible. Yeah. I had some of that uh, yesterday too, and that was pretty good stuff. I saw it and I just went, I'm not gonna bother with no that. it's not it's a gimmick it's it's, yeah. it's a it's a halfway decent coffee stuff right. there we have way we've had way better coffee yeah. stuff oh well, well when we were at blue point uh on tuesday yeah oh yeah we were they, talking they, about that they too. were having a powwow talking about like oh what are they gonna do next and they were talking about cereal beers oh yeah they're gonna have some cereal beer challenge or something i don't know the brewers there right. we, we overheard something um i want I'll, I'll drink a cheerio beer yeah well, we've seen we Mark and I watch Ooh, this uh, watch pretty. a show called uh, Basic Brewing, and um, it's a podcast, and it's also a YouTube channel. It's been around for like eight years. I've heard of that one. I've never watched anything, but I've heard it. They're, he's pretty cool. The um, they did every every October for Halloween. He does a Halloween beer, and it's usually cereal based. And this year, he did a booberry beer. I don't remember what kind it was. But it was a booberry something or other. I think it was a pilsner. Something like I have no idea. So, uh, what is this beautiful uh, like? Fucking garnet colored thing we got this here. This is the V in Rose, a farmhouse ale refermented Ooh. with raspberries, and it really is a gorgeous, like rose, like a dark rose color. Yeah, um, that's exactly this right. This sum of parts, both new and used, frees itself from mankind's craving to exist beyond prop and muse, to be neither consumed nor saved. Advance as they fixate on flesh. Let their constructs fall to your will, for man has crafted your com- confines, but you've built the tool to break them. Just is that a King beer is... bo- a bottle or a philosophy text? <laughs> yes. Uh, Jester King is an authentic part of that. We don't need to read that part. Um, batch number seven. Yes, this is batch number seven. It comes in at 5.8% ABV. And the ingredients listed are hill country well water, malted barley, wheat, oats, raspberries, hops, mixed culture, brewer's yeast, native yeast, bacteria. Um, notes. La Vie and Rose is a dry, unspiced farmhouse ale refermented with raspberries already once... Used in the fermentation of Jester King, atrial rubicite, native yeast and bacteria impart a sense of places, unfiltered, unpasteurized, 100% naturally conditioned beer. Da, 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 da. Yep, that's all I got on it. Doesn't so really. It 
second used raspberries you said apparently yes yeah that would make a lot of sense actually based on the uh both the aroma and the flavor the, the it's pleasing the raspberry part but it's definitely muted than what i would expect well yeah i mean but the the nose on this is definitely just like straight up raspberry yeah it's a ri- um i mean i catch a little bit of that sour farmy aroma yeah that's i was gonna say that the, the, i definitely get a muted raspberry but i i get a not a lot but a, just a hint of like the again that, shitty shitty descriptors for for a show you're listening to but with funk it's like a it's you know little, it's, it's sort of slight barnyard hey it tastes yeah. kind of like a like stale hay, like a old hay kind of smell you know? In a good way, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm into this. I mean, it's not that. I think it's got to cl- be closer to the hay or straw rather than uh, the like the, not going to get like the horse blanket kind right. of smell to it. It's not yeah. that strong. Doesn't have the sweat and tangy to it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the into smell this is just delicious. Lot. I haven't yeah. even gotten to a sip yet, but the smell is just incredible. Yeah, the, yeah. the aroma is very very appetizing, and what I like about it is it's it's truly you know raspberry is one of those things that get added to a sour a lot. Like I mean, blender vices, I think probably. 50, Ooh, at least fifty percent of them that get fruity get get raspberries. It seems like, and it's not that. It's not a um. <laughs> wow, Kevin sorry. just unhinges jaw like a snake. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I took a sip and it yeah. was really pleasing. And then right at the very end, yeah. got a really sharp bite of raspberry. And I'm gonna go back. Oh to, wow! And I'm gonna go back to that kind of like unripe fruit flavor. Like I've had raspberries grown in my backyard. Well, now my dad's backyard for years, and you just go out and you pick some, and every once in a while you get one that looks good, but it's just not quite ready yet, and you know, or like that pistachio that just is, whoa, that's wrong, you know, right? And that's kind of like the flavor that I just got in the back, and it was not pleasing, but I'm hoping it'll kind of go away with the next sip. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's that's probably maybe I was wrong about the previous one, probably character potentially characteristic of whatever yeast blend they're using because it's i had a similar thing with the peaches and i think you're gonna i don't know how if it's as sharp or maybe you didn't expect it but i'm i have that lingering feeling in the back of my mouth i don't hate it it's just that kind of i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's kind of it's like a little thick thing just kind of sticking back there i don't know what that, how, to, how to describe it you, you get under, you get the same thing mark yeah no i definitely get it but i i don't feel like I feel like it's softer in this beer than the, in the peach one. Yes, it definitely is. I I, I can agree with that. Yeah, the second sip, uh, the second and third sips that I had of it definitely did not. I guess because I knew it was coming, it wasn't quite as shocking. Yeah, to me. Um, but this is really, this is really good, and it tastes as close as the last one was to like white wine. Like this one is to rosé. Like it really is a good example of that. And I'm getting a little bit of the alcohol warming in the back of my throat, kind of like the, you know, like when you exhale after a shot, that kind of warmth there. Yeah. I'm kind of getting that a little bit as I keep talking and I feel it creeping up the back of my throat. As uh, as it warms, I'm getting more um, burnt, uh, burnt tire on the nose. Just a little bit, tiny, tiny hint of it. And I think that also is contributing to the sensation I'm getting, or rather we're all getting in the back of our throats, is that particular uh, phenol. I could see that being... That, that makes more sense. There's so much. I mean, we talked about it with the uh, with the episode with Brian, but there's so much that goes on with, like, sour beers that it's so hard to say. You can't say that that's what that flavor is or this. It's, it's so difficult to really be able to put words to exactly what flavor you're experiencing sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that... Um... You know it'll be cool. We'll let uh, we'll let the last part of the peach one, and you know we won't. We're not going to drink all these now, but we'll let them sit out for a little bit too. We can revisit them uh, a little later and see what they they kind of turn into as they warm up. Yeah, as it warms, I think it gets a 
yeah, it gets a little more robust in the flavor. You know, the uh, the set the farmhouse notes come a little bit become a little more clear and a little bit firmer. I could drink a what? lot of what? What, what Mark's getting text messages and, and giggling to himself. So either someone's sending him nudie pics or he's got something good. It's probably Glenn. Glenn's sending no, you dick pics again, right? No, it's actually Sean Walls. Oh, really? Yeah. So Sean Walls is sending you dick pics? I don't know this guy, but... Yeah. He, he's in the beer club, and okay. he started texting me earlier today. He's like, help, I'm in the the brew shop, and they don't have any de-bitter grains. Like, de-bitter black malt. I'm like... where? What, what brew shop is he in? He was at Carps. Oh, God. Tell him to take a little trip to, to Patchogue. Danny's not open Sundays. I know. Tell him to go at a different time. Stop working Saturdays. Stop it, Sean. Stop. <laughs> but anyway, I, I coached him through that, and I just got a message from him saying that. So after that, we never brewed because I couldn't find the grain metal. <laughs> um, so what did you do? Just tell him to steep it? Yeah, like I, I told him, like, either, you're either going to have to cap the mash with it or uh, do a side steep. That's funny. Well, good luck, Sean. Have fun. <laughs> Couldn't find the grain mill. That's a fucking weird thing to lose, man. Couldn't find the grain mill. That's not a, that's not like a, a thing you can really lose. Like, not even, even in your garage, you can't lose the fucking grain mill. They're, they're fairly large, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I never doubt the ability of people to lose things. You know, yeah. if, if I can forget where I parked my car in a parking lot, and that's a pretty damn big thing, like... Fair you point. Know, we, you can lose a grain mill in a, in a garage. Fair point. But, I don't know. As far as this beer is concerned, what's um, what are you guys, Mark? We haven't heard a lot on your thoughts of this one. I mean, I, I it's definitely more enjoyable than the peach one to me, but I still don't particularly dig it. Maybe because it is very wine like, and wine is not my thing, right? But um, the the raspberry component is definitely nice, but just the the finish the between the dryness and the, the you know the funk that's in there it's not something i'm like oh yeah i gotta track me down some more bottles of this <laughs> i can agree that i wouldn't i wouldn't like run across town to get some but i i, I, I like this significantly more than the peach one um it's hard to uh it, it, they're very unique yeah i mean even even including the beers that we had with with brian this, the flavors of these are much more subtle than almost all the ones we had there. And that's, you know, I, I like them. They're just sort of in a class of their own so far for me. These are, you know, two, the last two beers are... I, I don't know that I've had any a lot of other things quite like them. And I, I think I've had way more Belgian and sour beers than your average person. <laughs> I'm interested to, you know, this the peach one we had is from July. And this one, I think, is also a uh, is also from July. As well, I'm wondering if maybe we're just drinking these a little too early. I don't think so because I'm going to imagine they've been in a barrel for probably a year to two years before they they even blended them. Yeah. So I'm thinking they blend when they blended them and sent them out. This was like this is what we want. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying they wouldn't change or wouldn't, but I don't think the flavors are going to get well, any more I mean, any actually, more any stronger than they are. You know, now, now that you mention it, the uh, you know this one, the uh, the rose the rose one. Um, I mean, does kind of. I think it said something on the bottle somewhere of you know beers to be drink, drank, yeah. um, not necessarily stored for a long time. But for me, this one I actually suitable for vegetarians and vegans. Well, that's good. No eyes and glass. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like sausage or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna put give it the same rating 
as the last one. I'm going to go with a bomber of it as well. Like, I think two glasses of it is where I'm at. But I would say that I kind of like it a little bit less than the peach one. Okay. Um, just because when it does, when it is come to wine drinking time, I am a white wine drinker as opposed to a red wine drinker. Um, and rosé is not usually the one that I go with. Um, being kind of like the, to me, it's like the bastard offspring of the two of them. Um, but I think skins or no skins, none of this half-ass shit. <laughs> um, I'm just ima- I'm imagining like people the basketball thing always you know shirts for skins, and I'm imagining the one guy running around in like you know half a shirt. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> what team are you on? I don't know who's winning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. In camp one time, we had shirts and skins, and yeah. one guy took his shirt off and then took his pants off, and we were like, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Who told you that was a good idea? We should we said shirts and skins, not shirts and foreskins. Please. Right, yeah. I mean, we were like seven. Yeah. But that made it even weirder. Like, in hindsight, I'm like, what were they doing to that kid at home? Yeah. It does make you ask a couple questions. Right. Um, but I think both of these so far, like, I think if you had wine drinkers that want to drink a, a beer, like, I think they could get behind both of these really easily. Yeah. Um, or And people that aren't necessarily familiar with sour beers i think could get behind the two of these beers too yeah I, how about yeah. you justin what's your rating my on rating is gonna be a bomber um i think it's it's, it's right there I, i'd really like two glasses of that i think that i could drink two glasses of that in fact I, I mean i finished up the sample i had here i probably could have taken another 15 minutes of like just kind of sipping it to myself yeah um i think it's something you know we can pontificate over for a, a period of time where are you at it's just Still a pint for me, but it's not going to be as arduous a task of finishing it as the peach. Okay, you know you're not going to need to go upstairs and get your tongue brush. Yeah, get the scraper out there and just you know rip it off. So this one is the um, the Menage Trois of uh, collaborations here. What was the name of the What was the name of the one we don't know? I want to look that up real quick. Um, the peaches. The peach one? You're yeah. asking us what's the name of the beer <laughs> the that we, we don't, don't know, know the, the name, name of. of. <laughs> I'm glad no, I'm not. I said the, 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 that we don't know. The, the, oh, the third, oh, the, the third brewery. Oh, brewery. Oh, See, Kevin and I both thought you were talking about the peach beer. Oh, yeah. no, no. It's uh, Trois Dames. It's T-R-O-I-S-D-A-M-E-S. So three ladies. And... Here you go, Justin. This one pours out with a really nice gold color, almost like a honey color to it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, well, you guys, like, get a hold of that. I'm going to strap in and read this. Uh, yeah, there's there's some. Uh, there's a couple pages shit. on there. Uh, all right. This is like out. my wife's wedding vows. Uh, thanks to a collapse of national borders and a glitch in the space-time continuum, there is now a place that contains all I the best also. places. Oh, my fucking God. I was going to wait till it was done. But yeah. I hate you. Sweet. You know, I have that on video somewhere. You know, I have it, do you know I have it on video in fucking HD? Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll just drop it in. Sure, go ahead. I, too, also. It's over. Done. Sweet, co- okay. I'm gonna start over again. Just fuck you guys. Thanks to a collapse of national borders and a glitch in the space-time continuum, there is now a place that contains all of the best places. Sweet Colo Dex Erlato. Sweet Colo Dex. Okay, yeah, whatever. Is that like Texarkana? Something like that. Is your new home without boundaries? I'm gonna guess that the other one is Swiss. I'm not sure. Anyway, 
Not only does it boast gently rolling hill country, but also majestic Alps and craggy Rockies. It's like visiting three places at once. Come stay with us in what may well be the finest land on earth, the land of Sin Frontera. Yeah. Wow, I want that time back. Um, cool. Refrigerate minimum for 24 hours before opening. Store yeah, cool and upright. Yes. Okay, we got that covered. This blend of Sin Frontera, the second iteration of our collaboration with Crooked Stave and Trois Doms, use, uses a similar recipe to the first, but deviates by maturing in cognac casks rather than sherry casks. Unfiltered, unpasteurized, and 100% bottle conditioned. And it did not explode in our faces. You know, when it says uh, cognac cast, that's that's probably a good descriptor of the color of it. Of almost a, uh, of almost like a cognac or a whiskey kind of color to it. But, ooh, smell on it's interesting. Whoa. Whoa, man. Yeah, Whoa. intense. Yeah, it's this this one, like, you remember how we were saying the other ones were really subtle? This is not so subtle. No, this one gives you, like, a real, like, nice kick right to the marbles. I'm not getting a lot on the aroma, but I also poured mine and then, like, let it sit open like a jackass. No, it's not strongly no, it's, aromatic. It's really not. But you're right, the, uh, the flavor is much more intense. It's sour and, you know... Mildly funky, but it's not terribly no aromatic. It, it, it's a nice blend between like a funk and, and lactic sour. Yeah, um, in the flavor, the uh, you kind of get like a little lactic up front. And you're like, oh, this is going to be refreshing, and then you kind of get some of that funk on the back of your tongue, and you realize it's not necessarily refreshing, but you still want more. <laughs> I think um, you kind of get that trace feeling of the cognac. Now, cognac is if I if I remember right, it's a uh, it's like a strong. It's it's made from grapes, right? It's like an overproof brandy kind of stuff, right? I believe so. Yeah, you're you've already said more things than I know about. All right, it. like I'm I'm pretty certain it's a, it's a great product, and I know it's got to be from a certain region and they got all that other kind of bullshit. But, um, you do kind of get a little bit of that boozy flavor to, uh, aroma to it. I'm trying to look around with the microphone. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're like, <laughs> okay. All right, now I get it. I'm looking at you now, and if I looked like that, yeah, I looked like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Everything you said is is basically true. All right, it's uh, it's brandy, basically made with grapes. Essentially. Yeah, it's it's old brandy. Yeah. Um, you know the things that the dried grapes on the label here that look like skulls. Yeah, that clearly have faces in them. It's kind I of. I thought freaky. those were potatoes. I thought potatoes at first too. And I mean, they're obviously not. It makes yeah. no sense. Um, there's that. Um, I don't know what they call that meme. The one with like the really poorly drawn face where he's like, ah, oh yeah, that, that was that's know. been on. Yeah, the, yeah. They they did a whole documentary on that thing. You know the thing I'm talking yes. about. Um, they look and one of them even looks kind of like that. But like they look <laughs> like they're all drawn to kind of be similar with that and then crossed with a raisin. Right? See that guy right there? See, isn't that that one? Oh yeah, that's definitely what that is. Yeah, um, this one's really interesting. I really like this one. I also enjoy it. Um, um, yeah, I'm I'm getting more of that warmth. It's got a little bit of sour flavor, but it's very reserved. Yeah, what was the ABV on? See if I can find it. It is definitely my favorite of the three. It is also my favorite of the three. Six seven. That's 
solid. Yeah. It has um this the funny thing is, if you had just serviced me and said here is a sour beer from Jester King, right. I wouldn't have guessed anything about cognac. Uh, I wouldn't have and nothing would have about that. I've never had cognac, so I can't tell you. Say there's a hint of flavor of it, right? Um, but I would just get a nice barnyard quality with some lactic sour for balance. Really good. No, that that little bit of um, that little bit of like boozy grape kind of flavor to it. Yeah, that's the cognac flavor. Okay, like, I feel like I feel like I've had similar a similar flavor from other. Funky sour beers, but it, yeah. could, it could just be that it goes so well with it. But, that it but I'm saying, like that—that's what that little bit of flavor in there is. Um, I think this is really good. It's insanely well crafted together. Like it, and it's probably the—I think it's the most complete beer of the three that we've had. Like as far as hitting all the notes that make me th- on things that I like. You know, it doesn't feel like there's one thing that I go I'm like, eh, you know, and I'm not really huge on that or that part, eh, not so much. Like, no, this one all around is is really incredible. So I'm I'm excited by it. I really, I, but you got to hang out with it. It's not a get crunk on a beer. It's not a pounded beer. Like it's a hang out with this beer. Yeah, if you if you tried to pound some of these and drank it quickly, the palate fatigue would be pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Your tongue would cramp. Yeah, no, I want to hang out and uh, you know if we were hanging out playing a board game like I would love to have a glass of this like just kind of be chilling as we're as we're playing the game and not be rushing through it at all right um what about what about you mark what's uh i, I know you said that you like this one the most but what are your feelings on it are you picking up any kind of different flavors than we mentioned or no it definitely has uh you know a bit of the grapiness but you know definitely the flavor is dominated by the the sour and the funk mm-hmm. and i i think it's a pretty nice balance between those two i really quite enjoy it I would be really interested to see what the first iteration, uh, they said it was in a different kind of cask. Sherry. Sherry? Yeah, so it was basically a, a newer version of the... Uh... Yeah, I think that I think that would be an interesting one, because Sherry's a little bit stronger flavor, um, that I think it might be a really, a very different flavored beer. Oh, I'm sure. You know, um, but this is one that I'd like to have around, and this is one that I think... Um, I, I just I'm I'm this is what I'm really impressed by this one and this is the one that I can say uh, that I'm drinking it and going oh this is this is why people go nuts looking for this guy looking yeah. for these guys because this is this is high this is that high enough quality to me yeah I think that what I'm enjoying the most is the there are three very different beers made by the same place with probably very similar techniques you know what I mean right and they didn't even know what they were going to get at the end right. and they all turned out pretty damn good you know because they could blend do another blend in a year from now and that one could be a, a lot you know each one of the other ones could be a lot stronger flavored um so it, I, you know doing a like being able to do a vertical of them would be cool i mean that's never gonna happen but <laughs> yeah no that's not gonna happen <laughs> it's gonna be so difficult. you but, literally would have to travel there every right. year around the same time to get the same thing and hope yeah. they made it again it but it's almost time for a black friday vertical can we do one again yeah, I have sixteen. I, I don't have any other. I mean, I have last year's, but other than that, I have nothing. I have six. Yeah, we. I have six, sixteen, we have 16 17, seventeen, and then yeah, but eighteen. Yeah, but who? Whatever. Does somebody have a seventeen? I do. Yeah, you do. Okay, I have seventeen. That's fine. I have no seventeen. I still have seventeen. In my Wait, of course I do. It's in a can. 
17 was last year, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, 16, sorry. 16, you're saying, in yeah. the bottle. I have 16 in the bottle, I and I have 17, too. I have 16 in yeah. the bottle, 17 in yeah. the can also. Okay. Um, and I think I mentioned it to you already the other day when I saw you. I still have one of those bottles of coffee still floating around from oh uh, yeah from from the one yeah. one bottle still left. Okay. I actually nice. do too. I found uh, one in the back of my in the back of my fridge. And as I was making, looking around and rearranging the fridge a little bit, I was like, oh, I still got one of those. Nice, awesome. All right, what are we giving this one rating wise? Where are you at, Mark? Uh, this one I'll give the bomber. I like I said, I definitely enjoy it a lot more. It's definitely. Uh, I don't know if challenging is necessarily the right word, but it's a lot more uh, thirst quenching to me than the previous two. That's a, a good a good thirst quenching is a good way of putting it. Um, I like the word challenging though, because I know what you mean. It's kind of that like as you're drinking it, you kind of can keep thinking about it. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, another one to pontificate on. I'm gonna go growler. It's kind of a weak growler because I'm definitely not drinking 64 ounces of this in a row, yeah. without question. But that's what I would kind of want to probably drink over the course of a day. Maybe if I were, you know, somewhere with other beer geeks hanging out yeah. and sharing it and going, "Hey, you gotta try this. What do you think?" And then right. all talking. So we're gonna go growler on it for me. Um, for me, it's gonna fall right in the bomber. Um, you know, it comes in the champagne bottle, and that's the perfect bottle for it. Like, yeah. I think over the course of a long evening i could work my way through the through the bottle and be really happy about it um i like it and that's and you know considering that the the one that you mentioned earlier from jester king yeah we had a year out was on it was not memorable to us i think it was which rubber in all the bad ways yeah it Um, was it had the bottle was past prime yeah and the first two were interesting, but not necessarily like, hey, I'm going to hunt these down. This is one that if I saw it in a shop, I might think about grabbing the bottle and say, if it's at the right price, I might grab it and be like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll bring this one home. I'll hang on to this one for yeah. a little bit. Um, so to me, that really, uh, not that I had lost face in it, but said, you know, like I said, made me say, you know what? I, I kind of get why people get excited about this brewery. Yeah, and I have to definitely thank Jack. These uh, I, I cannot imagine that these were even remotely inexpensive to yeah. uh, to purchase, and the fact that he would give these to us is pretty pretty incredible. So yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jack. As always, you have been fantastically generous with your uh, with your gifts. So thank you. Yes. Um, what I want to do is just take one minute um, for you guys to talk about something that I did, knew was happening, but I had no idea was happening last weekend or like last week and that was you guys got the chance to uh make the beer over at a uh, blue point brewery you made your uh your lich king finally yes yeah. so please tell me i saw two quick pictures on facebook and uh one little video of uh, a paddle turning around and that was about it but i don't know anything else about it i haven't gotten a chance to talk to you guys so tell me about it what, what, that's kind of what we saw what was too. that experience um it was cool it was interesting um both Mark and I have brewed at other breweries before, like, you know, professional breweries, mostly small tasting rooms and stuff like that. And we've at least seen their systems and been around them. Right. This shit is crazy. So how <laughs> big it? Do you know how huge. big the system is that they were? 60 barrels. 60 barrels. Right. Yeah. They made 40 barrels of the Lichtenhainer. Right. And now, just for, like, comparison... If you say the, the word swimming pool, I'm going to physically attack no, you. No, no, no. I'm just checking. No. no there's not going to be any... No swimming pool comparison. No math. No math. <laughs> yeah. But... We were excited that the guys at 
Dubco expanded to a 10-barrel system, right? Yeah. And went from like a three-barrel system to a 10-barrel system. Yeah. And that's what I'm picturing in my head. I feel like the 10-barrel to 15-barrel system is kind of like what a lot of the small breweries that we're used to hanging out in like kind of have. Yeah, like Brewers Collective I think is five. And then, you know, the 10 is like, – the thing is when you go from five to 10, at least in my mind when I look at the, the vessels, like 10 looks like, whoa, fuck, man. Yeah. And then you're up on a gangway staring at a 60-barrel one and you're like – I, I don't even know what to do with this. Like this, yeah. I could live inside this. This is the you know this yeah. is where you. But like it looked like the Doctor Evil Shark or, Tank with the freaking laser beams. You know, freaking laser beams. <laughs> what Justin was talking about when we were up on the gangway, yeah. over the 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 mash tun. So you know, there's. I mean, that's how tall is that thing? That's got to be like twenty five feet tall. No, right? it's probably. I would say it's probably about twelve feet tall. It's like wow. a story 12, and a yeah. half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But still, they like it was just under fifteen hundred pounds of grain. Plus all of the water in the mash tun with that crazy boat paddle spinner yeah. around Dude, it looked the like, bottom. It looked like a ceiling fan someone threw in there, but like a really big one. And then it turned on. And it, if you if you were in there, forget yeah. about getting chopped in pieces by that thing. Yeah. It would suck you under and drown you so fast. It was the 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 amount of like just the turbid water in there. Really, it, standing next to it, you were looking at it, and I even said to Mark when. You see the water going insane in there. There's 2,000 gallons of water spinning around like it, like you're, it's in a Vitamix. Okay. And you touch the side of the, of the vessel, it's and it's like marginally vibrating. Like, that's how solid wow. this thing is. It is like, it has a low hum, and that's it. The, it was the, the grain mill. Yeah. The, the grain coming in, rather, was louder yeah, than the actual the, right. turbine. Wow. That's it, crazy. It was pretty nuts. The whole thing's automated, like soup to nuts. Yeah. The, mo- the two manual processes are putting water salts in, which they do... I think just to because that they, they to, do something because the right. there's a way to do that automatically they don't use right and then the um and uh, then specialty oh, grains because they're not going to have silos for every specialty grain right you dump all specialty grain into a hopper and then that just loads in as yeah. it needs to also right in the silo the the whole thing's on a computer screen they point and click right. and it's all weighed and brought mm-hmm. in. And it's like pre-weighed into a wow. thing and then sucked in and, and, and it's crazy. Right. They have a what, pump. Do they, what do they call it? Like auger, right? They yeah. Auger it over? Yeah. yeah, they auger it over, but it's it's it weighs it out of the silo without anyone doing anything. That's awesome. The um the craziest shit was the like the pump to bring it from the mash ton to the lauder ton. Like yeah. I look at the screen, I see that it says seven hundred and change, and then I look at the little thing next to it and it says barrels per hour. The pump was rolling at seven hundred barrels <laughs> oh, an hour. Shit. <laughs> So it so I mean it must have taken no time at all to, to drain that thing out. No, it, I mean they slow it kind of slow it down on purpose to not wreck the grain bed at some point and everything. Right. But it well I yeah. mean so they they had the new brewery had, is a five vessel system. All right, and yeah. that I, that was so, gonna be my next question. Yeah. It was at the so new they, brewery, right? Yes, they have a separate loader ton from the mash ton. Okay. So like the mash happens, then the. Wart and grain, everything gets transferred okay. to the lauder ton. Can I pause you for one second? I'm going to ask you to go back. Let me make sure I got it right. The mash ton is the one that has the water in it that has, like, where you're cooking the grain. Correct. And the lauder ton is the one with the hot water that you pour over the grain. Correct. No. That's the hot liquor tank. That's the hot liquor tank. Yeah. Okay. They don't need a hot, they don't need a hot liquor tank because they have a pump system. Right. Okay. So the lauder ton is what then? The lauder ton is where you separate the sweet wort from the grain okay so after you drain so after you drain most the breweries that happens in the same vessel okay their system those are two separate vessels that's wow. so they can do turns because right. they have a, they have four 240 barrel fermenters wow yeah wow. 
they're fucking huge. That's like, crazy. I can't even describe how big they are. Like, you know, again, I was lucky enough at, uh, a couple of years ago or last year, I can't remember, oh, two years ago, to go to the old Blue Point and River Avenue right. for the Craft uh, Cares Brewery. And that's they have giant, giant fermenters there, too. Yeah. And I thought those were big. These are colossal. It's almost like you're like, they don't, they don't use that. That's just a thing for, like, to impress people. Yeah. <laughs> so they do, they'll do four turns of 60 barrels consecutively. So this way they can lauder while they're mashing in again. And then they okay. just keep rolling down the line. So they so they drain off the so they drain off the wart, clean it out, mash it again, and then they just well, turn they the hose. Mash, they mash new new grain. Well, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. new grain, new yeah. grain, and new hot water goes in. Yeah, the like so the next mash happens while they're laudering the previous one. Okay, and just and it's been a little while since I've done everything. Refresh me on laudering again. Laudering is just literally. Pouring the new water. It's literally draining the sweet wort out of the grain, okay, and, just, then, yeah, and yeah, then just draining it, rinse, okay. sparging rinsing, through it, yeah. rinsing okay. every, right, all the other sugars that you okay. can out of it. And Forgive, then it goes into. I know, the boil. I know, you guys have been like, oh yeah, it's been a little while for me, like that. I've gone through the whole process. Yeah, we're, we're balls deep in it, so it's like yeah. second nature. Though I'll be honest, it's still hard for me because I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you've ever done a three vessel process, but at least you did the mash in a bag, which is still a little different. Like, I'm used to like one vessel, like brew it a bag, like throw the bag away. So I could, I constantly forget about sparging. Like it's not a thing I ever. ever oh done. yeah, I got yeah. like when they. So uh, the brewer Steve that uh, you know ended up being stuck with us in the afternoon. Uh, you know he's <laughs> when he took the uh, the gravity reading on the first runnings, and the you know it was twenty Play-Doh, which is roughly uh, ten eighty specific gravity. Okay, and. Uh, you know, one of the senior manager guys, Mike Stoney, was like, oh, does that sound about right from what you were getting? And I'm like, because it was like 20 Play-Doh. I'm like, that means 1080 specific gravity. I'm like, that sounds this way beer, too the, high. The, the, like, this, this beer is like 1030. Like, I'm like, this beer is like, le- this beer is less than 4% alcohol. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, it's not the full volume because we haven't sparged yet. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to cut it down considerably. Gotcha. So from the water time, I was yeah. missing that whole portion of the story. Yeah, yeah. Be, right. Exactly. Because right, because like right, the, you're going to get a the lot first of runnings are going to be much denser in sugar. Right, but you're going to get a lot of sugar from those spark from the second time. Yeah, but you... it's going to be diminishing returns. Like you, right, you're gonna... but it's still going to add into it. Well, no, it's actually going to reduce because we're going to add more water at the same time. Okay, so we're going to so double. The, we're going to oh, double the volume of water, and we're not going to anywhere near double the volume of that. Okay, yeah. so then that would lower the specific uh, right. starting specific gravity, correct? Which would lower the ABV. ABV at the end of the day, based right. on the fact that it came in at 1080. I can't imagine we don't come in a little higher than than what we're what our beer was at. Uh, I don't Who know. Possibly. We have so no what, clue. What, what was the OG when you started? What in your version? Uh, like 10, 1034 or no, no, 1040 or something like that. I can't remember. Now, is there kind of like a rule of thumb? Like every 10 points, uh, you know, like 10, 1080 would yield five. So 1070 would yield four, not nine. A, like, not exactly because ye- the yeast it's has all about different attenuation. Goes, right? yeah, yeah. And you yeah. also stop it early and stuff. I mean, I'm sure that there's a, a rough, like if you know, you're going to use USO5 as an example, a very standard yeast. I'm right. sure that there's some, some way of doing that. Okay. But in general, it's going to be very yeast dependent. Okay. That's. Yeah, so when we brewed it, check it back under your notes. Yeah, the original gravity was ten forty. Okay, yeah. so um, so that is significant difference. Yeah, half yeah. half what the you know the first writings were, but like right. I'm like thinking I'm like this, this can't be right. Like, yeah. what was? And I was like, yeah. oh wait a minute, first writings <laughs> like they still got to rinse a 
a bunch of water through that, and it's going to dilute it. Yeah. yeah. So then they suck it over to the, the, the their boil kettle, and the boil kettle ha- essentially has a Herms tube, which is a, a an what? element, a Herms tube, which is an it's element a heat in exchanger. it. Yeah, okay. an element in it that will heat water. So the the mash tun is steam heated. Right. The boil kettle is well, actually a steam jacket kettle, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. It's not that the boil kettle is no, not. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the mash tun. Mash tun. Uh, is jacket. Yeah. yeah. The kettle is in steam jacketed. The ma- no, I'm saying the mash tun is. The ma- yes, yes, the mash yes. tun yeah. is steam jacket. Okay. Yeah, the boil the boil kettle it gets sucked into this tube with a, a gigantic heating element, and I wish I could have seen the thing. I mean, I have a big ass heating element in my kettle. Right. This has got to be on an order of like a million times higher. It's I figure crazy. it's just like a car engine. It's just running around. <laughs> it's nuts. And the the tube was what? What do you think it was? Twelve inches. The tube. Yeah. The tube? Yeah. yeah. Probably twelve like inch stainless steel tube. So it pumps through there. Jake can crawl heat- through it. Easy. No kidding. <laughs> heat and it gets heated in that tube and then put back into the boil kettle. Okay. So they can heat it very. They can get to boiling pretty, you know, extremely quickly. Yeah. And from there, it's going to go to like a hop to a hop back to get you know hop the hops and put in if they're going to. Or okay. Some they were telling us they put coconut in there sometimes. Like, right. Um, and then um, finally, it's going to go into the whirlpool okay. where they settle everything out. Okay. Our beer because it was a kettle sour was a little different. Because you can't put the hops in yet. Yeah. Right. You can't sour it with hops. Right. Because it kills the yeast. Exactly. Not the yeast. The, uh, the bacteria. bacteria. Exactly. So we went mash tun, lauder, and we also had a significant amount of rye. Right. <laughs> so was the rye something that like they put in the hopper that they think in, or they had the rye in the No, rye is part of the mash. They have a rye silo? <laughs> no. They no. Didn't, they, that, no. That, that, that was, was... part of the especially grains we okay. dumped. That, that was the only actual work Justin and I did that day. Okay. Was was dumping the rye and the smoked malt into the the okay. special grain specialty grain hopper. So yeah. my favorite my favorite part of the day is looking at Mark. Right. So we're getting ready to to lauder. I looked at Mark and I go, so how screwed do you do you think we are because we have such a high percentage of grain? And he was like, yeah, it's probably not going to be good. Rye has no husk. Right. So it basically turns to concrete when you try to lauder through it, and so typically you'll add something called rice hulls to it to to, to get make it a little more porous, so it kind of okay. like filters yeah, through. Yeah. Well, Mark didn't. I mean, I'm not blaming Mark. Mark didn't put that into the recipe because we do brew in a bag and don't give a fuck. Right. Like we don't have to do that. So we had assumed that somebody there somebody would, would look at it and pick go, up "This on is forty something percent rye. We needed to add some rice hulls to this." Yeah. That didn't happen. So the lauder like. The lauder took a while, but it was it was interesting to see how it worked. The inside the inside of the lauder ton, they have these rakes that if you don't stare intently at them, you can't even tell they're moving. They move so slowly. Really, you have to be like like you're staring at them. It becomes like a magic eye puzzle to see if they're moving. <laughs> and once it feels a certain amount of pressure, like rate, I don't know what it was rated in. I forget psi maybe or something. Yeah. It gets past a certain like alarm point. It does something called a deep a deep dig. It, or with deep, deep cut, deep cut. So it digs down farther, breaks up more of the bed. But then it has to reset the bed so it can filter through it. So it adds like every time that happens, it adds it like is. ten minutes. Oh wow! So <laughs> how many times did it hit that? Only once or twice. You uh, know, and then funny. and then the and then Steve went in, changed like the like the alarm. Yeah, point pre- yeah. point for that. It added like another hundred to it. Yeah, because yeah. it like there was still like pretty decent runoff happening. Yeah. yeah, we were getting like seventeen barrels an hour from what he told us. That was you know more than enough, like more than enough. Like they yeah. get usually get more than that. So but it wasn't so we, killing us. So right. it made it through the initial water, and then it started sparging. And right. when it switched to sparging, that parameter yeah. automatically reset to the lower value. Yeah, so oh, it, went, no. it went and deep so cut the, again right so away. So the, <laughs> the jets turned on the sparge, <laughs> yeah. and three seconds later they turned off again, and it started another deep cut. Yeah, you're like, uh, that's not working. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. We need more power. The level of automation to me was the most impressive part. At the same time, I can understand, like you know, if if look if if you had to fill a two hundred forty barrel fermenter and you got to do four turns, that system is like the shit. Yeah, because at that point, like nobody wants to do any manual work. You're like, I don't want to do this four times no, today. But that's how you're going to get enough, uh, you know, toasted lager out to the people. Precisely. So I mean, it was really cool. I mean, then we got a we got a tour of the bottling facility. I think that Chris told us that the bottles like they do can do fifteen thousand bottles an hour. Or some sort yeah, of yeah, sanity. I don't remember. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was nuts. The whole thing was everything. They have a, a machine that literally folds and packs the six packs. Like it's. It, it goes from a flat piece of cardboard right. to six packs to filled, and then the six packs go into the another little bo- you know the, the little box you get when you at the when yeah, you, when you the leave flat. the the flat. Thank you. Yeah, to, that um, gets four six packs. Yeah. That gets glued and folded by a machine. Yep. Like I mean, I know I know in my brain that all these things happen. Right, but seeing it actually happen, and also seeing it at a brewery on Long Island. And well, that, like, yeah. and it's also automatically stacked up onto a pallet. That's. That it palletizes itself is really cool. It palletizes itself and it shrinks wraps. Do you know what was even more impressive to me? I hate auto shrink wraps, but that's just me. <laughs> and that's that comes from me working. That's in- because you have to break it down. Yes, and because well, oh, that's a different story. Whatever. It actually, and the bottles come in. They're obviously palletized, like before right. they get labeled and everything yeah. go into the machine. Bottles can, and cans, can, same thing. Yeah. It depalletizes the bottles, really, and then restacks the pallets. Like the machine is like insane. the machine stacks the pallets. They, the empty pallets. A, they shove a stack of pallets into the thing, and it comes out as bottles labeled, and then out of the other side comes uh, a stack of the the pallets. A stack of empty pallets. Yeah. Wow. It's wild. That's crazy. That's they have, really the, the kegging machine was wild too. I, I wish I remember the number of kegs they could do, but there was basically eight stations, the different stages of cleaning and filling, yeah. etc., and capping, and it was. Endless, right? Just pouring through. I mean, you know, it wasn't quite as big as like. I mean, I think Chris was telling us that the uh, like he they went to see a, an AB InBev one right. in Milwaukee or something at like that. St. Louis, St. Louis, yeah, a ten barrel, and they were doing fifty thousand wow. bottles an hour. And you said this one was doing what, fifteen, like fifteen, something like that. I don't know. It was crazy though, man. It was it was a lot of fun and um, really nice. I uh, at first I was kind of bummed that it was on. It was so automated, like we weren't like kind of doing, doing it. And I would still, you know, if it, you know, I would never say no to brewing the beer again. Yeah. But it, I, I would like to do, you know, hopefully down the line we'll win a pro am and do it on a, on a smaller system and and have that experience as well. Yeah, I can understand how it kind of feels a little bit taken out of your hands, but at the same point, that's really exciting and it's very cool to to yeah. see that your your guys' beer is getting made that way. It's also, I mean, you know, we're one of three people. That have been able to do it there, you know what I mean? Right. Like, well, the second of three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if any more are. Right. So, like, we might be, you know, we, we were, it was a very privileged position to be in. So, I can't wait to see how it, can, Listen, it comes out. It's it's one of those ones that you guys can put on your brewer's resume for forever now. So yeah. that's always cool. And the fa- my favorite part is the entire story about how the Lichten Hater came to be because I'm a moron. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of my favorite. The other thing is it's a fucked up beer. Like, yeah. I mean. No, no disrespect to anybody who won for a pilsner or anything, but like, they had to brew a Lichtenhainer. <laughs> like, like, they, like fucking, they, I want to. I can't wait to be in the tasting room when they release this. Yeah, and have someone who doesn't know us order it. I'm gonna be like this close to their face when they drink it. I'm gonna be like, right up in front. Do of them. I know you? Yeah, I'm gonna be like, I'm sorry, I have to be this uncomfortably close, but you're about to drink my beer, and I want to see your reaction as close as humanly possible. <laughs> 
it's going to be really, really cool. Um, you know, and I also, I also can't wait to listen to um, Greg Kelly destroy it and say it sucks just because we didn't like stash it. So yeah, or rather, Kevin didn't like stash it. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's only me that hates it. You guys love it. You guys, I don't love it, but I. Also, didn't he had a he had a can of it yesterday at the Stein Brew, and I was like, I sort of how, I, how I, much did he buy up? Probably the rest of it. it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I yelled uh, him and his mom. I read. Uh, I, I yelled across the thing. I'm like, "Where's the heat?" <laughs> turns around. So I love you, Greg. Thank you for uh, you know everything. But uh, it uh, it was a great day. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I think that it was cool. My my second uh, least favorite part of the day was putting on uh, Turbo Toes. Oh yeah. Turbo toes? Yeah, do you know what those are? I'm assuming it's some kind of footwear. If I looked They're at it, slip on steel toes. Yeah. Okay. And you feel like you're wearing swim fins the you whole know, time because yeah, like, the, the the extra weight on your toe. You yeah. know that like feeling when you kick K- up, kind of like yeah. clean room booties. Yeah. Okay. No, Except I've, it's I've, molded rubber with uh, with steel toe. On. Okay. He, they're like, hey, what size shoe you? I'm like, I'm a 15. They're like, this might fit, and they just threw me two that were like clearly for size 13 because yeah. no one ever gets them that big. Yeah. I wrenched those things on. I had them on for like 10 hours or oh, eight hours or so. That, oh boy, that's not fun. No, but it was it was it was cool. Mark, did to... you just wear yours? Yeah, yeah, I wore my boots. Yeah. yeah, you wore your steel toes, and they were like, yeah, that's fine. No, he wore his everyday shoes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing them now. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I just wear very really dual boots. I don't wear steel toe boots for work. But that's what, just me. All right. All right, guys. Well, again, congratulations. And, uh, you know, if you've had a, a Jester King beer and you really love it, or if you uh, get a chance to have that Lichtenhainer, let us know. Get in touch with us. Hit us up and uh, tell us about it because we would love to hear about them. And I don't think we have anything else, guys, do you? No, I just want to thank Bluepoint and uh, LIBME for helping us uh, do some cool shit. Yeah. And Jack, of course, for the beer again. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. Right. Thanks, everybody, and cheers. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Voyage and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.